Welcome to Tabletop Journal's Seat Yourself podcast series on the hospitality tabletop industry. Hosted by Dave Turner, Seat Yourself is 20 to 25 minutes of what's happening in the world of hospitality tabletop. Dave is the globally known chief evangelist and editor for tabletopjournal.com. A non-traditional journalist, Dave has spent nearly 30 years as a sales and marketing executive in the world of hospitality. This podcast was originally published on the week of August 5th, 2019, and runs for approximately 25 minutes. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to this week's Seat Yourself podcast. I'm Dave Turner. I'm your host here at Seat Yourself. And this week, we're recording much of this week's episode at the on the road while we're visiting family and friends along the gorgeous shore of the state of New Jersey. In fact, we had the opportunity to enjoy one of America's most venerable seafood restaurants the other night when we enjoyed a great meal at the Crab Trap restaurant in Summers Point, New Jersey. And it's definitely worth a visit. The crab cakes were outstanding. And when you visit a restaurant like the Crab Trap, you see that sometimes it really doesn't have to be that complicated. Great food combined with great service and add in a little solid value and you're well on your way to being successful in the restaurant business. So if you're ever going to find yourself near Summers Point, New Jersey, be sure to check out the Crab Trap. You'll be glad you did. And now a little bit about this week's podcast. In addition to our normal news and product stories with a little bit of commentary thrown in, this week in our 60 Seconds with Shannon segment, we're going to discuss something that's an issue that I know many in the hospitality industry struggle with, and that's the issue of collateral materials. What's the future of collateral materials going to be? And will it be all digital? Will it need to go back to print? Can we finally ditch those hard copies of catalogs and brochures? We know they're both very expensive to produce and frankly, even more costly to mail out. So can we finally move away to the digital versions and QR codes? We'll discuss all that with Shannon Talon, the famed tabletop and buffet category manager from the Edward Don and Company. You'll get Shannon's take on where she sees the world of collateral materials going, what she prefers from vendors, and why she prefers it. So, once again, I hope you're all enjoying yourselves in this summer season, but let's get this show started. At Seat Yourself, we always start with a stat of the week. And this week's stat of the week is an overall industry stat for the USA. And this week's stat of the week is 14,000. That's the number of net new eating and drinking places established in the U.S. in 2018. Well, actually, the very specific number is 13,817. But who's going to quibble over a couple hundred or so new bars and restaurants? This is all according to the recent data released by the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics and reported by the National Restaurant Association. So if you ever wonder why traffic counts at some restaurants have declined, it just may be that there's simply more and more new places to spend your eating and drinking money away from your home. And while some restaurants are indeed closing, there are more and more that are opening up all the time, at least according to the U.S. government. Now, what types of eating and drinking places these are? The stats don't say. But one thing is for sure, dining away from home and the various options for dining away from home continue to be extraordinary. And that's our stat of the week this week, 14,000. That's the net number of new eating and drinking establishments created in 2018 in the United States. Our first news story is an interesting one. Have you heard the news? Coffee is about to get hard. It's true. We've had hard cider. We've had hard lemonade. 
And now we're going to be getting hard coffee. Heritage beer brand Pabst Blue Ribbon is market testing a 5% ABV hard coffee made from fermented malted barley and coffee. According to an article in food publication Food Dive, PBR is testing the beverage in five states, Florida, Georgia, Maine, New Jersey, and Pennsylvania. But evidently, the new item doesn't taste like beer. PBR told NPR, the national radio uh, network, that its hard coffee is made with a malt beverage, quote-unquote, but the malt flavor and color are taken out, and the neutral alcohol left behind is combined with coffee, sugar, milk, and vanilla. And at Jersey Sports Bar and Pizzeria in Glenside, Pennsylvania, one of the test areas, a case of PBR's hard coffee arrived, and one week later, only four cans were left. Patron Chris Beattie told the radio network NPR in an interview, it kind of tastes like Starbucks Frappuccino, honestly. That's what it reminds me of. And according to Food Dive, like other big brewers, Pabst Blue Ribbon has been trying to differentiate its offerings to bolster lagging sales. The company, which recently launched a higher-strength, lower-calorie, and non-alcoholic versions of its PBR, is planning to launch a whiskey later this year and has now introduced hard coffee. It's not surprising to learn that Paps is testing a hard coffee product. After all, per capita consumption in America continues to increase on coffee and is at its highest level since 2012. And meanwhile, U.S. beer consumption has been steadily falling. Americans are buying less beer from the country's largest breweries, and that has companies looking for new ways to attract new customers. And so, the 175-year-old Pabst Blue Ribbon brand is trying hard coffee. So, okay, listeners, what type of glass do you suppose is the proper vessel that restaurants and pub owners should serve this latest coffee derivative? Should it be a Pilsner glass? Maybe a coffee mug? Or maybe even an Irish coffee glass? Maybe this is an opportunity for developing a new glassware style for flavored, hard beverages. But for now, it seems the most popular vessels are metal cans or bottles. In our next news story this week, food service research firm Pentalic recently published an article on the evolution of the National Food Service Agency model. Where that model is at the moment, where it's going overall, and how it's working for both sides, both the agencies and the manufacturers that they represent. The Pentalic article is from industry experts Rick Abraham and Bob Golden, and it's really an interesting read. It gives a bit of history into the national rep agency model and how it all came into being. And in the article, they also get into the anticipated benefits that manufacturers had expected from the outset. Things like improved sales coverage and having a more consistent level of sales execution. And the fact that many manufacturers were also looking to have a better national scale and have more leverage to work with larger national distributors and chain operators. And according to Bob Golden, one of the article's authors, by the way, Bob is a principal and one of the founders of Pentalic. According to Golden, he says, the national agency model is still a work in progress. The national agencies are facing a myriad of challenges, including significant margin compression. However, some of the best practices that have emerged can be certainly adopted for success. And also, according to Bob, there'll be more to come on this very relevant topic from the team at Pentalic. So be sure to go to their website and check out this company, this new research firm, Pentalic. You can find them at pentalic.com, and I'll spell that. It's P-E-N-T-A-L-L-E-C-T dot com. By the way, a little background on Pentalic. Pentalic is a strategic food industry consulting firm serving the leading trading partners within the food service industry. And each of the 
principles of Pentalic has a unique understanding and perspective that its challenges facing the various market channels and segments. In fact, the principles of Pentalic each have held executive positions with multi-category manufacturers and or distributors, or like Bob Golden, they've led top research firms. The bottom line, these folks know the food service world from a real world perspective. They truly get it. So head on over to Pentalic.com. You'll be glad you did. And also this week, we want to give a quick tip of the cap to publisher Glenn Hasek and his publication Green Lodging News as they celebrate their 13th year anniversary at being at the forefront of what's green all within the lodging industry. Green Lodging News is the lodging industry's leading environmental news resource. And the leader of Green Lodging News is Glenn Hasek. And besides being a great guy, Glenn has 22 years of lodging industry experience as a journalist, public relations consultant, and as a publisher. But what really keeps people coming back to Green Lodging News is its content. Glenn and his publication take pride in covering topics that nobody else in the lodging industry is covering. So join with us in giving a tip of the cap to Glenn and his team at Green Lodging News, celebrating 13 years and nearly 700 e-newsletters and keeping our industry informed on the latest quote-unquote green news. You can find Green Lodging News at, surprisingly enough, greenlodgingnews.com. In the ever-changing world of hospitality tabletop, the definition of tabletop increasingly means much more than just dinnerware, glassware, and flatware. And in fact, tabletop now has blended really into buffetware, and buffetware, coming back the other way, has blended into tabletop. But in both categories, staying on top of your game is essential, and it's a key for both a supplier and an operator's success. And at the buffetware table, buffet tableware manufacturer, Magogo, they constantly push the limits on creativity and design when it comes to buffets and buffet service. And in their new 2019 catalog, Magogo has introduced a newly developed material called BHP, which has come after two years of really intense uh, R&D at Magogo's headquarters. And in fact, Yariv Kardash, CEO and founder of Magogo, expresses it best. Our clients have expressed that the BHP material is a game changer for them. This new material has shifted the way current and new customers look at Magogo, not only as a one finished company, but with a larger variety that fits their interior design a whole lot better. Yarev continued on about BHP. He said, regarding the benefits, the new finishes have more outdoor capabilities and fit better as permanent installations since they match well with existing decors. What's most important to him is that Magogo's sustainability story remains vibrant. Since all the BHP panels, regardless of their finish, they all have a visible bamboo core. Sustainability is really important throughout the hospitality industry, and Magogo is now being uh, addressing that with the new material BHP. And at Magogo, they get their inspiration from all of their global creative partners and their clients also who do incredible things with the various Magogo units and stations. And in an industry where innovation happens constantly, Magogo knows it's important to strive for products that close important gaps, such as setup and breakdown times and buffets, long lines and aesthetic uh, finishes that can be adapted to multiple events and multiple venues. All of Magogo's furniture and rolling cart services are now available in the three new BHP finishes. So that's really, that's really a super introduction. You can read more about the Magogo and, uh, company and their new BHP material by going to our journal section of Tabletop Journal. There you'll find a story all about BHP and some of the more specifics. But design, innovation, quality, that's what the Magogo company is all about. 
And if you want to find out more information on the entire line of Magogo products, just go to magogo-buffet.com. And if you're in North America, you got to know that Magogo products are available from the people at Bauscher Hep, and you can find them at bauscherhep.com. And in our second product segment this week, I want to talk about a company that we really love and we know you do as well, and that's Service Ideas. Service Ideas is a beverageware and serveware company, and not long ago, they announced the launch of a new collection of metallic finishes, each designed to expand the color selection for some of their most popular products. Now, these new finishes, they come as welcome additions for food service operators who are looking to add an element of luxury to their tables and to their buffet setups. And of course, Service Ideas has been breaking the mold for colors and patterns as an alternative to the always predictable stainless steel finishes that are so common throughout the food service industry. They've been doing that ever since they introduced the wood grain and marble finishes several years ago at the 2017 NAFM show. The new metallic elements collection is a collection of permanent finishes that each is inspired by precious metals that are used in fine jewelry. They've got finishes like vintage gold and rose gold and dark tungsten. And these metallic finishes and colors are all designed to enhance the look and the style of the company's product lines. Lines like their three-gallon round cold beverage dispenser or their nine-liter slim water pitchers. They've even done the, the included the round stainless drip trays and the non-slip service trays. In any event, you'll want to check out the article on the journal page of Tabletop Journal, all about service ideas and the new metallic elements collection. And of course, Service Ideas is a family-owned and operated manufacturer of food service beverageware, and they've been doing it great ever for the last 70 or so years. And the team at Service Ideas understands how important it is in the food service profession to serve products that taste and look just as they're intended. And that's why Service Ideas focuses on serviceware that enhances the presentation while maintaining the integrity of both the food or the beverage. So operators, when you partner with Service Ideas, you can expect a focused product line delivered with attentive customer care. For more information, go to their website, serviceideas.com. Now 60 Seconds with Shannon, where Dave sits down with Shannon Talon of Edward Donovan Company and asks the question of the week. This week, Shannon talks about the future of collateral materials. Hey, everybody. We're back here with Shannon Talon, the rock star tabletop and, uh, and buffetware category manager for Edward Don and Company in Chicago. And Shannon, today we've got a question uh, for you that we hear a lot from the manufacturing side, and that is that manufacturers tell us that they struggle with all the costs of collateral materials. And what I, I guess my question today is, what is the role of the traditional catalog or brochures in, in, in today's really digital world? And are PDFs and thumb drives good enough? Or, and what about QR codes? Uh, are they coming in and going to take the place of all the catalogs and everything that are out there? Mm, such a great question. So relevant uh, for everything kind of going on in the industry right now. I personally... Um, and, and from a generational standpoint, I'm kind of right in the middle of, uh, millennials and Gen Xers. I'm in that kind of weird spot that, that has a little bit of both generations in it. Um, I think that there's always going to be a need, at least in, in, in the foreseeable future for print collateral. Um, but it is a balance because you have to have the digital media too, as the decision makers in our industry, um, are, are, you know, are younger and younger as those younger generations come up into food service and hospitality and are the ones making the buying decisions. Many of them want the digital format. However, 
I think that in some cases, the digital format is not as permanent as your print catalog. And what I mean by that is if you're looking something up on a website, on, a, on an online catalog, and you find what you're looking for, maybe you close out the window and you go on your way. Well, if you want to recall what you were looking for, what you were looking at, you now have to go back to your, to your laptop or your tablet or your phone, pull that information back up and look for it again, versus the catalog that's sitting on your desk or the, or the, the brochure or the, or the flyer that's on your desk. It might be a little bit easier to, to find that information that you were looking for. And so I think there is, depending on the situation and the application, there is immediacy with both channels. And it just depends on what you need the collateral for. So ultimately, what does that all, all of that mean? I think you need to have both. And while I certainly understand that the print collateral is a tremendous cost, um, you know, Edward Don knows that better than anybody. We have industry-leading publications, our advisor, our big book, our, our buffet gatherings catalog. All of those print materials are the, we're best in class. They're the best in our industry. So we understand the cost, but we also recognize the need for those. You see us doing more uh, print collateral than less. And while we're certainly investing in digital, uh, the digital channels as well, I think that for, again, the foreseeable future, print material is here to stay. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree. I, I don't really see it as an either or kind of uh, question. And when I look at some of the, first of all, let me say the manufacturers that send us catalogs, they've really, really upped their game in the past uh, three, four, five years. Some of the, uh, the catalogs uh, hardly seem like catalogs at all. And I, I think from a brand positioning and messaging standpoint, the tactile feel that you get when you open up some of these catalogs and the visual you get, it really helps position the overall brand as a, a certain type of brand or not. And so, I, I, yeah, I mean, I, I, again, I think there's going to always be a place for catalogs. And, it, and it's, it's not the catalog of 10 years ago or five years ago even, but catalogs are evolving and changing. But uh, yeah, I like the digital thing. I like the thumb drive, but I, but I really love the catalogs. And that's a generational thing, like you said, probably. Yeah, absolutely. Now here's Dave with this week's commentary. This week, Dave talks about the importance that recruitment of top talent plays in the success of companies throughout the hospitality industry. We've talked before in the importance that recruitment and retention of top talent plays in the success of companies throughout the entire hospitality industry. But most often these days, it seems that we hear of companies looking for industry experienced people who can quote unquote hit the ground running and begin contributing immediately. And all that's fine and well. But what about the case for going outside our industry to bring in top new talent? Why is it that we don't hear of more companies, especially within the product manufacturer segment, that both recruit and bring on board talent from the outside? Well, I believe there are a variety of benefits that come from doing just that. And today, I want to give you just four of them. One of the first and most immediate benefits you get from looking outside our industry for qualified talent is that you increase the pool of qualified candidates. Once you make the decision to expand your idea of where you might find the skills that you need, you immediately find that the pool of talent gets much, much richer in both the number and the talents of the candidates that you're going to consider. In addition, considering candidates from the outside also offers opportunities to not only get the talent and the skill sets that you were originally seeking, but it also gives you an opportunity to add additional bonus skills and experience that you might not have considered in the original job description. A second reason to go outside the industry for talent is it often seen as a signal to the company's overall thinking. Going outside on your next big hire 
positions the company as somebody that's willing to consider new ideas and new processes. The hiring of an outsider can also be a strong message to current employees that change is necessary and that that change is on its way. Additionally, the hiring of outsiders for key position signals the company is taking a best practices approach to its future. And a third reason I know for considering candidates from the outside is that it adds diversity of both thoughts and ideas to an organization. Having new and fresh thinking is an asset every organization needs in these fast-changing times. Any organization that is totally homegrown runs a risk of being closed off to change at a time when business is accelerating at such an unprecedented rate and the ability to adapt and change quickly is now a required organizational skill. Our fourth reason for considering candidates from the outside is that it brings about a cultural evolution and a cultural change. Bringing in talent from the outside can help organizations move the company's culture in a direction that's perceived by management to be more aligned with what is needed in the future rather than what's been held in the past. Candidates and new employees brought in from the outside can often revitalize an organization with fresh energy, fresh passion, and new enthusiasm. New hires from the outside of the industry are not likely to view the everyday tasks that a company has to do in every organization as just the same old, same old. And finally, if allowed, new hires from the outside can bring about fresh new approaches to old company problems and challenges. So there are just four quick reasons to consider when looking to fill openings in your organization. The hospitality talent has some great talent in it already, but we can never stop trying to attract more top young talent wherever they come from so that our industry's future will be led by both best practices and best leaders. In addition, our industry is changing rapidly, and in order to keep up, companies in all sectors, whether it be operators, whether it be supply chain people, or it be manufacturers, will need to consider to have the best candidates, whether they lie inside or outside our industry. As always, I want to thank the Rockstar Category Manager, Shannon Talon, for joining us again today. And of course, I want to thank you, our listeners, for joining in as well. And finally, I want to thank the Edward Don and Company for sponsoring in part this episode of Seat Yourself. Edward Don and Company, everything but the food for nearly 100 years. And remember, be sure to check out their most recent Tabletop Advisor. You can download it from their website, www.don.com. Just go to their homepage and scroll down to the publication section. And there you'll find their latest Tabletop Advisor and all the publications that Edward Don and Company makes available to help food service and hospitality operators be so successful. We'll see you next time, but always remember, Tabletop Matters. That concludes this week's episode of Tabletop Journal's Seat Yourself podcast series. For more news, information, and insights on the hospitality tabletop industry, be sure to check out tabletopjournal.com.